Hey, uh, I, I don't know what your Easter Sunday has been like, your Resurrection Sunday has been like so far. We, we had a pretty fun experience in our house this morning. Um, uh, uh, this week, actually, we bought my daughter a special alarm clock. And this alarm clock, it goes from blue to yellow uh, when it's time to wake up. Shout out to the Shelleys. They told us about this and it's, it's been a miracle worker so far. Our, our, we've been so blessed that our daughter has always slept in. She's always slept in till 7, 7.30. I'm sorry, parents. I'm really sorry if, you, if you're not there. That's just our experience, okay? And recently, she decided to wake up earlier. She decided to wake up at 6.30, and I thought, this is not okay. She, she needs to sleep in until 7.30. Uh, you would know as a parent, you just get used to one thing, right? If your, parent, if, you, if your child never sleeps, you get used to never sleeping. If your child always sleeps, uh, it, and then for one night doesn't sleep, it's like, oh my goodness, it's a shock to the system. So we bought this little clock, and, and to my surprise, it's it's, it works wonders. It's incredible. Uh, every morning, my daughter River stays in her bed until her clock turns yellow at seven o'clock, and then she yells out for mum and dad. Now, that leads me to Easter morning this morning. And I, last night, I should say, we, we, we did the you know, Easter tradition of we put some chocolates and stuff on her floor, an Easter bunny, and, and we were talking, my wife and I, last night about how excited we were to see her reaction to seeing these things. And I was almost a little bit disappointed thinking she's going to wake up early and see them and we're not going to get to experience the excitement, the, the look of joy on her face when she sees all these things uh, on, on her floor. And we were getting ready and, and it actually got to like almost 10 past seven. And I'm like, I can't believe River's still asleep. And, and then we hear from her room this scream of excitement we hear, Mom, Dad, Mom, Dad. And we're like, oh, she's found the chocolates. And we burst in and we're like, happy Easter River. And she goes, Mom, Dad, my clock turned yellow. <laughs> it turned yellow. I can get up now. And, and she hadn't even noticed <laughs> all the stuff that was on her floor. She was just so excited <laughs> that her clock had turned from blue to yellow. And oh, it was beautiful because we got to, to experience the moment that she saw the chocolate on her floor. And it was, there wasn't screams of joy. There was just this, this I, I don't even know how to explain it. She saw it and her whole demeanor just changed and her, her face slowly lit up as she realized it's chocolate time today. And, and she went from being, you know, excited to this, this new level of, of almost hysteria, but not out loud, but you could see inside it was all working. Um, and, and it was this beautiful thing, seeing this Excitement at, at one thing turning into another. Excitement from it turning from night into day. And, and for many of us, as we celebrate this amazing day of, of Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, we're celebrating in our own lives that moment of the clock turning yellow, in a sense, of, of it being nighttime to it being there's an awakening, there is hope, and, and not an awakening in an arrogant sense where it's like, I now know better than everyone else, but an awakening in the sense of, man, I was hopeless, I was down. I was downcast, but now I've got joy. I've got hope. I've got a future. I've found purpose. Come on, is anyone grateful for what Jesus has done in their life? And that's what Resurrection Sunday is. It's a celebration of all that God has done. As, as I look back over my life, I can't help but think I'm so grateful for Jesus. And for many of us, it's probably that same experience, almost a death to life experience that we would have had at some point. And the, the, the tension is, 
sometimes we can kind of lose that a little bit. We can get caught living in the motions. But I want to encourage us this morning to lift our eyes again, to, to step back into faith. And, and can I just say, I really feel like, man, something's happening in the room this morning. The way we were singing that song, especially as we sing, what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. It was like there wasn't one quiet voice in this whole building. I can't help but imagine that heaven is listening, that Jesus is excited as he's hearing our praise this morning. And even as I'm speaking now, I, I really feel like God is doing something special in people's lives. And hey, if you're new with us and you've never experienced that, I honestly believe this morning that you can experience the goodness of God for the very first time and have that blue clock to yellow clock change moment. Blue clock to yellow clock, and then there's more. And that's the, that's the good news with Jesus, right? It's like this awakening, but now there's chocolates on the floor as well. And not only are there chocolates, there's Easter eggs that have things inside them. You know, it's this, this moment of moving from, from, from death to life. So Easter, we obviously talk about the cross and it's a time of, I guess, of of real faith for many people. For many of us, we'd say it's a time of faith. For others, the cross probably represents some doubt. It's it's an image of, is is there more to that or is that just where it finished? I mean, the question is not, did Jesus live? That's easy to prove looking at history. The question is not, was Jesus alive or was Jesus a made up? character. It's, he's a historical person. He lived. The real question is, did he rise again? Did he stay dead or did he rise again? Because if he rose again, that changes everything. Easter is an incredible celebration, but it didn't start like that. It didn't start like that. The cross was a, lo- the cross was a lonely moment for Jesus. And I can't help as I read about the, 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 the story of the crucifixion, I can't help but wonder, where was everyone? Where were the 5,000 that he fed? Where were the people that he healed? Where were the people that he, he rose from the grave? You know, where were the people from the wedding where he turned water into wine? Where were they? And we see as we read scripture, it was Jesus and his mother and, and a few women. There's only one disciple mentioned in that whole story. It's, um, it's, uh, it's John, I believe. Hang on. Yes, it's John. It's John? It's John? Someone say it was John. It was John. I wrote it in my notes, but it's not there anymore. It was John. And but only, one, only one disciple mentioned. And you know, Jesus, he had four brothers. He had two sisters. I mean, where were they? Where was James? James, one of his disciples, his own brother, but absent at the cross. And, and we can see this because, you know, m- many scholars would say that Jesus' father, Joseph, had either passed away, was off the scene and which would mean with Jesus dying that it's now James's responsibility to care for his mother, Mary. But Jesus says to John, can you take care of my mother? Meaning James wasn't even there when his own brother was on the cross. What a moment of loneliness. You know, we've got these disciples who are so full of faith, who are doing miracles, who have just experienced Palm Sunday as they walk in and Jesus is welcomed like a king. But where were they? Where were they? They take his limp body from the cross. They put him in a rich man's tomb. I wonder how people like Peter felt. You know, Peter had so much promise. Jesus had said, you're the rock on which I'm going to build my church. Yet where was he? Yet he goes on to deny Jesus to a servant girl. Can you just imagine? Just, I, I just think we've got to humanize this story a bit. Can you imagine the shame and the guilt that people like Peter 
might have been feeling, feelings of regret and, and hopelessness. But hey, I think we're, we're, we're blessed in a sense that we see Easter Friday from Easter Sunday, right? We know that Jesus didn't stay dead. We know that Jesus rose again. We know that the grave wasn't enough. We know that he overcame death. We know that there's now hope for the hopeless, that now in any situation, no matter what I am facing, Jesus can bring death to life. It didn't end there. Jesus has risen. Does anyone believe that this morning? Jesus has risen. Come on, we've got to be excited about that because that's what our faith hangs on. That is the point where it goes from this is just a good man with some good teaching to this is God in flesh risen again. There is now hope for us in every situation. Jesus has risen. I think it's so funny as you read the story after he's risen. You know, Mary, who's so close to him, thinks he's a gardener. That's how downcast they were. That's how down they were. Jesus appears and she's like, what's the gardener doing here? Where have you put him? And Jesus is like, it's me. It's me. They're so downcast that the disciples, um, uh, Thomas wouldn't believe unless he saw the holes in Jesus' hands. They're so downcast. But then Jesus comes into the situation, brings hope, and everything changes. And and I just want to read a a portion of Scripture from from Corinthians. And I'm reading in the message paraphrase this morning. but, but I think it points out something really interesting. So why don't we read? This is obviously Paul talking about this. He says, Paul talking about the resurrection story. Friends, let me go over the message with you one final time. This message that I proclaim, that I proclaimed and that you have made your own, this message on which you took your stand and by which your life has been saved. I'm assuming now that your belief was the real thing and not a passing fancy, that you're in this for good and holding fast. Let's just take a moment to think about that. I'm assuming that your faith was not just a passing fancy. I wonder how often our faith can look like a passing fancy where it's, it's all good in the, in the mountains, but in the valleys, is it still there? Come on, let's not have a faith that's just a passing fancy. Let's have a faith that holds fast in the good, in the bad, in the best moments, in the worst moments. It says, the first thing I did was placed before you what was placed so emphatically before me, that the Messiah died for our sins, exactly as Scripture tells us, that He was buried, that He was raised from death on the third day. Again, exactly as the Scripture says. Take, I want you to take note of this. He presented Himself alive to Peter, then to His closest followers, and later to more than 500 of his followers at the same time, most of them still around, although a few have, have, have since passed, that he then spent time with James and the rest of those he commissioned to represent him and that he finally presented himself alive to me. I think this is so interesting. We read about the risen Jesus and who does he go to? And who does the scripture make make point of saying, this is who Jesus went and saw. He went and saw Peter and he went and saw James. He went and saw Peter who denied Jesus and James, his own brother who was absent. It's like when they're writing it down, make sure people know the people I wanted to see was Peter 
and James. Peter who betrayed him, James who'd abandoned him. Hey, the heart of the Easter message is God is not excluding you because of your fallings, your failings, your struggle with doubt. His love is for all people. Have you doubted me? Have you walked away? My love is for you. Isn't that a beautiful picture? He rises again and he goes to the one who betrayed him and he said, I love you. Look, I'm real. I'm back. This does not stop here. There is more to the story. And if you've ever struggled with feelings of doubt, you know, Jesus would love to come and make himself real again to you. He would love to come and give you a fresh experience. You know, John 3, 16 to 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. I love that. The world, God so loves you that no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, no matter the attitudes or the thoughts you've had towards him, he says, I would love to come and meet with you. And I really believe this morning that Jesus wants to meet with some of us afresh, that he's not dead, he's alive, he's well, he's here today, and he wants to meet with you. Whether that be for the first time, or whether that just be for first time in a little while, Jesus would love to meet with you. And I love that, to save the world. You know, the, the Greek word for saved is the word sozo, uh, which, which means to be, essentially means to be made whole. And I love this thought that salvation, God saving us, is not just, it, it's not only a one and done in a moment kind of thing, but it's a process he takes us on of putting back the broken pieces. Isn't that a beautiful picture? And I think it's something we should desire in all of our lives. And through that process, I've got a couple of thoughts as I finish up. Well, I don't finish up now, but I will finish up uh, eventually. If, if you guys are excited, I'll, I'll probably finish faster. Um, and you guys, can I just say, oh my goodness, I, I feel encouraged by you this morning. That's so great as we talk about these things. It's like, man, we really believe this. We really believe this. Like we don't just say Jesus has risen, we actually believe it. So through the process, and I think what we can see in the resurrection story is that Jesus wants to bring life to your life. He wants to bring life to your life. It's funny to say that, right? It's a bit of an oxymoron. It's like if we're alive, we've got life. But you know, there's a way to live that's not really living. And like I said at the start, any of us who've experienced that moment of awakening, that moment of the, again, the clock turning yellow, where it's I've now got hope, I've now got vision, I've now got purpose, know that there's a way of living that's not truly living. John 10.10 says, a thief is only there to steal, kill and destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Another translation says, so that they may have life and life to the max. Come on, who wants to live life to the max? I want to live a to the max kind of life. I don't want to live a, you know, it was a, yeah, it was all right. I lived like a 40% life. I don't want to live an average life. Man, I want to live a life to the full, a life to the max. And life with Jesus is like going from death to life. And I think that, you know, often we can actually be tempted to look for Jesus, oh, sorry, to look for life in places maybe where there are none. And there's a great portion of Scripture uh, in the Easter story where the, the angels say to, the, to Mary and the, the women as they come looking for Jesus, they say, they say, why are you looking for the living among the dead? 
Why are you looking for the living among the dead? But it's funny how often in our life we can be looking for life in all the wrong places. When you're looking for life, you don't go to a cemetery. That's not where the life is at. But at the same time in our life, we can get caught up looking for life in all the wrong places. I think religion can be one of those. And I'm talking about religion where it's no more than rules and regulations. And if I do these things, God will be happy. Jesus came to bring life. He wants relationship with you. He wants to actually do the journey of life with you. He's not about impress me with your oppress me by do impress me by doing this list of things and maybe I'll be happy with you. He says, "No, no, I will cross the bridge for you." The Bible says, "While we were still sinners, Christ gave his life for us." Before I took one step in the right direction, Jesus stepped in and engaged my story and said, "Come on, let's write a better future." It's not about religion, it's about a relationship with a God who loves and cares for you. I think we can look at, uh, I didn't know how to sum this one up, so I just said stuff. We can look at stuff for life. You know, if I just get enough stuff, then my life will be better. Like, you know how it is, right? We, we have social media. You see summer comes around. Those people start getting their jet skis out. You're like, oh, if I just had a jet ski, then I would have life and I would have life to the full. <laughs> if, I, if I just, you know, had that picture-perfect picnic at the, at the sunset, then I would have life. Then I would just be happy. But Jesus says, you can have joy right now. You can be full right now, no matter what you have, no matter whether you have all the stuff or none of the stuff. Jesus is with you right now. He can fill you right now. He can give you joy right now. You can have vision right now. It's not about stuff. And the more the people you talk to that have the more stuff, they keep saying, I need more stuff to make myself more happy. And when you talk to the people who have all the stuff, they say, I have all the stuff, but I still and missing one thing. I think we can look into relationships to try and find life. You know, if I just found the one, then I would be complete. You know, you know that, that, that cliche saying, I need someone to complete me. Um, I, I kind of think that in relationships, math doesn't really work in the sense of two halves don't make a whole when it comes to relationships. If you get two people who are both kind of empty and looking for someone to complete themselves, they don't actually end up completing one another. But Jesus says, hey, let me complete you. Let me give you security. Let me show you that you're valuable, that it's not about having a partner. It's not about being in a relationship. Sure, have those things. They're amazing, but you don't need that to give you value. You have value right where you are, right how you are. This is the good news of Jesus. And I don't know about you. I could never go back now that I've lived life with Jesus. Like, it's just so good. I could never go back. Life is so much better now that I've experienced Him. There's no alternative that will ever fill the hole that Jesus have. No love so strong, no hope so firm, no peace so great, no purpose so fulfilling as the peace and purpose and hope and love and life that come in Jesus. I could never turn back. I could never turn back. And I'm not living this life to try and you know, to earn it or or feeling like I'm empty. Man, I feel like I'm full all the time. And and I have good days and bad days, of course, but it's amazing how God is faithful through every moment. Dreams come back to life. Hope comes back to life with Jesus. You know, a great day, it's been said a great day is the day that you were born, but the greatest day is the day you discover why you were born. And I really think that Jesus wants to fill you with purpose. 
He wants you to feel like, you know what? My life is not an accident. I'm not just sucking air and dying. I'm actually going to make a difference in this world. And that's the message of God for you, that you're not an accident, that you are so valuable. You have so much purpose. Greatest day. You know, we can blindly stumble through life hoping for the best, or we can choose to follow the amazing plan that God has for our life, a life of making a difference and helping others find hope and purpose. And I'm just so touched looking around today and I see so many people here and you've been a part of that story. You've been a part of someone else finding hope and purpose. Whether that was bringing someone along or maybe that was just showing up with faith. You know, the best way to help church to grow and to, to, and to help God to build the church is just to show up. Show up with your faith. And when you bring a little bit of your faith and I bring a little bit of my faith and Phil McClatchy brings some of his faith, when we show up and bring our faith together, man, it's a powerful thing. The best way you can build the church, just show up full of faith, man. Bring a friend if you can. But I look around this morning, I see the faces of people who... I, I, can, I look at your face and I see someone else's face. Someone that was transformed by you just deciding that I want to live on purpose. I want to live full of purpose. And I think once you've lived like that, it's, it's hard to go back and live another way. And maybe that isn't your experience. Again, today, you could experience Jesus. It's as easy as opening your heart to Him. The final thought, just as I think of this kind of Easter story, and the thing that comes to my mind is just that, that, that Jesus risen is hope for all. It's not hope for good people, not j- hope just for good people, or not just hope for people who have their life together. It's, it's hope that no matter how broken you might feel, no matter how far away from God you might feel, no matter how far you might feel like you've fallen, there is hope for you. There is hope that your situation that you're in now, that there is, there is more than just what you're facing. There is hope that, that failure isn't final, that pain, that pain isn't permanent, that your hope is secure, that your value is set, that your purpose cannot be robbed, that no matter what, no, nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus. That is what this hope in Jesus is all about. But it's funny that sometimes we can slip back and maybe feeling like it's not for us maybe feeling a little bit condemned. Um, it's a word the Bible uses a lot and, and or you can certainly find within the Bible the word condemned. And I think when you think of the word condemned, you think of a, of a building that's been condemned. And you might, you might have seen a few around Toowoomba from time to time. They get pulled down. There's not that many in Toowoomba, actually, to be honest. We're living in a big city, there's condemned buildings all over the place. And condemned basically means they put a sign on it and they say, this is no good for anything except for pulling down that you cannot live here, there is no life here, there is no future of this building. The best we can do is pull it down and start again. And I think sometimes we can live a little bit like a condemned building. Like, there, there's no more for me. Like, my life is good for nothing. Maybe other people have even said that for you. You'll, you'll never amount to anything, you'll never do anything. And it's like, it's like a condemned building. It's like the council's put a sign on there saying, good for nothing. Living in this way where it's like, I, there, there's no future here. But I love one of my favourite scriptures. It's Romans 8.1, where it says, Therefore, there is now no more condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Isn't that a beautiful picture? 
It's like Jesus comes in, he rips down that condemned sign and he says, you know what? I'm the DIY king. I'm a renovator. I can make it work. Hey, it might be run down. I love those exposed bricks. Come on, they're fashionable now. Jesus is the king of heart renovations. And that's what he does. He transforms you from the inside to the out where it might have been condemned on the inside, but he takes what's broken and he writes a more beautiful story. Jesus looks at you and He says, I still have purpose for you. You're not, there is no more condemnation. And sometimes we slap up that sign ourselves. Yeah, I'm not, I'm no good for nothing. But Jesus says, hey, I'll pull that sign down. So I can see, He says, I can see some stuff I can work with. I can do a little bit of, bit of holy renovation in there. That's the Jesus that we serve. He says, you know, where, where there's some pain and some hurt, I'll, I'll put some healing. Where, where there's some hopelessness, you know, I think, I think we can do a few things and we can probably put a in there. He says, you know, where there's fear, maybe I'll put, I'll, maybe I'll put some confidence. Where there's some shame, I'll, I'll put some forgiveness. I'll put some grace there to cover that. Man, Jesus is the King of heart renovations and heart restorations. And that's the message of Easter that Christ was dead, but now surely He is risen, that there is hope for you, that no matter how condemned you might have felt, no matter how just off track you might feel, that God is still at work and He's working in you and He wants to restore you into the kind of life that you only ever imagined you could live. He wants you to have life and life to the max. What a beautiful, beautiful picture that because He died and rose again, our hope is now that we too may find, may find life. Life full of hope, life full of purpose, life full of vision. And friend, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't experienced it, you can experience that today. It's amazing how, how Jesus can kind of change everything in a moment, but nothing kind of changes. Externally, maybe nothing will change, but I really believe that even this morning, Jesus is at work in people's hearts, that something is starting to shift on the inside, that He's touching with your hope. Maybe just even hearing someone say you have purpose. You know, maybe you're hearing my voice, but I really believe that's what God would say to you. No, you're not an accident. No, you're valuable. No, I've got a future for you. Jesus, hope for all. Life to your life. Death is not final. How good is Resurrection Sunday. That he didn't, stay, he didn't stay dead, but He is risen. And that means life to your life. Jesus is risen. He wants to bring life to your life. He wants to fill you with hope. And the question that faces us all today is are you ready to step in to the life that Jesus has for you? A couple of thoughts, a couple of questions to maybe help you apply this. Are you letting your failures, shortcomings, mistakes create distance between you and God? I phrase that really intentionally. Are you letting it create distance? Because the fact is, friend, Jesus is close to you. Jesus has already proved that your mistakes, they don't cause distance. He's willing to step in. He came from heaven to earth to show, no, I am close to you. I am close to the broken in heart. I am close to you. Before we did anything right, while we were still sinners, Jesus came. 
Jesus is close to you. Second question, where are you looking for life? If you're honest, where in your life, where are you looking for life? And if you can be really honest, have you found it? Have you found it there? And my encouragement would be, if not, maybe it's time to try and look at Jesus. He wants to bring life to your life. Are you living condemned? Or is a joy-filled renovation in progress? Because that's a fact, friends. None of us are there yet, right? Jesus is still working in all of us. If He stopped working, if you think He stopped working, that's an issue. <laughs> He's still working. He's still working. And are you living in a way that reflects that? Or are you living in a way that maybe reflects condemnation? Final question. Would you like to let Jesus write the next chapter of your life? That's a question of all of us, whether we've already made that decision to follow Jesus. The question is, are you going to let Him continue to write the next chapter? Or are you going to try to write it yourself? Maybe you've been writing your own story up to this point or trying to write it and it's not going as well as you expected. Don't worry, we've all been there. Maybe it's time to let Jesus write the next chapter. Hey, would you stand with me this morning? I'd just love to pray for us and just a few thoughts there to to ponder over, I suppose. And, And hopefully a few causes for celebration. Hopefully as we remind ourselves of those truths, we remember why we celebrate on Resurrection Sunday because it's good news that Jesus has risen. That's good news for you. It's good news for me. It is good news for all people that Jesus has risen. I'd love to pray for us this morning. Jesus, we just, we just thank You. We just thank You that You didn't stay afar, that You came close to us, symbolizing how you draw close to us when we need you the most. We thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life as a sacrifice for all people and that you didn't let the grave keep you down, Jesus. You are powerful and you rose again and we believe it. And and I just pray that that truth would transform each and every one of our lives, that this morning as we remember the reason we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, that we would go out of here with our heads lifted higher, with our hope aflame, with our passion and purpose burning brighter than it ever has before. I pray this morning, Jesus, that You would reignite a passion and a fire burning within us. And and I just pray we would leave here with a fresh sense of the urgency and the importance that we don't just keep this to ourselves, that Resurrection Sunday is good news for all people. And I just pray that as I'm praying right now, you you put names and faces in people's hearts of people they need to share the good news with, not in a, a preachy way, but people they need to go out and say, hey, you know what? There is hope. There is life. There is more than what you're facing right now. Jesus, we thank you that you are good. Amen. And hey, maybe you are here this morning and I've alluded it to it a few times already. Maybe you've never experienced Jesus. I believe with all my heart that you can experience Him here this morning. And like so many of us would say, Jesus, the day we followed, the, the, the day we decided to follow Jesus was the best day of our life. That that decision was the de- best decision we've ever made because it's led us into a place of life to the full. And if you'd like to make that decision this Easter, 2022, you want to make a decision that, you know what, I want to go on a journey 
of following Jesus. And that's what it is. It's not a decision. It's not about, it's not a decision to, to, to know everything. It's not about knowing everything. It's just a decision of Jesus, I want to, I want to try to follow you. I'd like to invite you to come and, and, and enter into my heart. And, and if you want to do that, it's, it's so simple. It's just saying in your own words and maybe in your heart on the inside, just saying something like, Jesus, would you come and make yourself real to me? I want to follow you. The Bible says, he who seeks will find if, if you seek with all of your heart. And so if that's you, would you just open your heart? Would you just in this moment say, Jesus, that's me. I want to follow you. Um, and, and if you've made that decision, Sarah's going to come in just a moment. She's going to run you through what you can do next if that's you. But hey, Resurrection Sunday. Why don't we praise Jesus one more time? Because He is good. He is alive. He is life to life. Thank you, Jesus.